It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Kempi's away on a wee holiday in Fiji. Bula, Kempi, hope you're doing okay. we got Louis Herman Watt in the house down here in Crush. It should have got you to come over to the studio, Louis. Go right here and there. Little have got your coffee delivered at 7 o'clock in the morning, but it's great to be back after a wee trip away down south. We won't talk about that. Oh, I'd hate to be a golfer. Hate to be a golfer. You know how you relive those moments of what ifs, what ifs, what if I putted that ball and maybe I'd make the cut? What if I did this differently? Well, I had plenty of what ifs going through my mug, and I can only think the same about Ben Campbell, who was a Kiwi there at the New Zealand Golf Open. That was so close, he'll be ruined that missed opportunity on the par 3 15th, where he double bogeyed the, uh, uh, the last par 3, or second last par 3, and then missed. Obviously winning it by three shots, but it's great to be back. How you doing, Louie? Good, Izzy. Great to have you back, mate. It's so good to have you back and your energy back on the airwaves. Um, we held down the fort at the end of last week nice. and yesterday. And, um, no, nah, good to have you back because, mate, they, look, there's so much sport over the weekend. I feel like we always say that, but seriously, <laughs> it's not often I get overwhelmed with trying to figure out what we're going to put on the show. But yesterday morning, I was actually getting a bit anxious because my paper was so <laughs> long and I couldn't fit everything into the show. So I was like, it, it was almost a bit overwhelming. And it's good to have you back to be able to get through some uh, other stuff today. But um, we're proud of your efforts down there. Can you can you let us know? We had people on Thursday and Friday when Friday letting us know how you were going. We had Brenton <laughs> call in, and he said you were playing pretty well. But h- how would you sum up your weekend? Uh, yeah, look, it was <laughs> it's typical daggy fashion on the golf course. Mixed bag. Day one, day one, I was, I was poor. Yeah, Thursday, I, I didn't really hit it too well. I didn't give myself any opportunities. And when you get um, shot holes, so like you're off a handicap, I was off a seven. So I had seven shot holes, which you should relatively par those. But day one, I just had no luck off the off the driver. So we're playing this hole, and I've just hit a little draw, and it was going up into the rough, but the, the actually the hill fade uh, rolls back into the fairway. So I was like, oh yeah, this will end up in the fairway. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching, and then I just see this ball go bang, and it goes about 100 meters in the air. So it's hit a shiss rock. It's oh, gone no. in the air and it's gone across. It's gone across on over the fairway and got into the hazard, and I lost it. So I had to pick it up and and hit it. So just didn't give myself any chances. Day two drove the ball really well. Had a good crew there supporting me. Had Victor Vito Amber um, and his partner Amber. Had Anton Leonard Brown. Had a good crew. They turned up for hole one. And I was nervous as anything, 
playing the par five, and I've absolutely bombed this driver. Uh, and I I've had eight iron in. <laughs> <laughs> I've had eight iron in, and I've, yeah, I just missed my landing spot. But I birdied it, so I birdied one, and then they left. But we shot seven under. What I was talking about earlier, we I had two birdie putts from about a foot and a half. So, you know, subway and a half. Not that long. Not that long. And I've missed them. And I've missed them. And if I'd have got those two birdies, I would have made the final day, uh, the third day. So it was, um, yeah, it was disappointing. But, mate, what, a, what an event. Oh, I've got to give um, some kudos to, to John Hart, Michael Glading, and the people at New Zealand Golf. They do a fantastic job for a little old New Zealand and you talk to all the pros, and they're like, you know, and, and they've, they've played some major events, but this is the first event on their calendar that they love to be a part of because you're playing golf in the Mecca, which is Queenstown, and, and you get to spend a week in, in paradise. And, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I was just gutted because we had a couple of Kiwis in contention. Ben Campbell, you had Michael Hendry, who shot really well in the final day. Kazumi Kabori, who's actually an amateur from... Uh, Christchurch down here. Brian Yorta High School. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, man. He was actually going real good. He shot 14 under, so he was four shots off off the off the lead. But he hasn't turned pro yet, and he's only still so young. So we're all waiting. It's been a long time. Michael Hendry was our last Kiwi to win the event in 2017. So we're all hoping that we get a Kiwi there. But I've got a sense that Brendan Jones, who actually won it from Australia in Canberra, I guess he's um. You know, he's been at the, that event for a very long time, so he's kind of been uh, named a Kiwi. But, uh, mate, honestly, had the best week, and to be able to wrap it up. Like, my pro, there's a hole there uh, on the Remarkables when you drive in. It's a split fairway. You probably should lay up. Anyway, my pro could bomb it. So we were having, like, a real man off. I was like, I got you. I can bomb you. You know, like, kind of set up. Well, he put it OB, so he sh- he triple bogey that hole, and to make the cut, he needed to birdie the last three. Well, he birdied 16. He birdied 17. He nearly chipped in on 17. He just missed the hole. And then he nearly hold him one 18 on the par three, so he came home three under to make the cut. So, no, it was a good weekend, mate. It was an awesome weekend, but it's good to be back. And golf is absolutely flying because I know we've got a, a great guest coming up on the show. Lou, who we got coming up later in the morning? Foxy. Ryan. Yes. Ryan. We got Ryan Fox. Yesterday, <laughs> we were watching as he was completing his last round at the Arnie, and mm. all of a sudden, he just heated up. And then he birdied the last. And we've spoken to Ryan Fox this morning because he's out playing a practice round at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, in about an hour's time for the players. And he said that he, when he was on the 18th at uh, Bales there, he, he piped one in there just like Tiger had. He had a 20-foot putt that he made birdie on, and he said he'd seen it in his head and he'd seen it on television years and years and years. And then he just got to do it walking in front of that big gallery. And, I mean, it's really hard when you talk to Foxy because you just feel like you're next to him and he's just telling you a story at the pub, but then you forget that this guy's actually been around the world and he kind of tells us about that, how he doesn't have that imposter syndrome anymore. He feels like he belongs because he's been around these top players for so long. So he's finished tied for 14th. He's had the second best fourth round, tied second best. He's gone five under, only one person who was actually his playing partner went six under for the day. Incredible effort and... Your prediction of him winning a, a major this year is he is looking pretty scary good. Oh, look, I, I think he's like, – yeah, we spoke to him earlier and he's, he's full of confidence. And I love that imposter syndrome because you can get that. 
plenty. But now he's feeling comfortable. He's played a few uh, practice rounds with John Rahm, Jason Day. He's obviously across the dirt. So he's feeling comfortable. He's, he's feeling like he's a part of, of what they're about. When you shoot, you know, five under in the final round to go into 14th place, you walk away with 325000 US dollars to set up your year. It just <laughs> yeah. goes a long way. Like these golfers, they live life on the edge. They live life on the edge, particularly down and uh, at the New Zealand Golf Open, they are week to week. So when you get a result like this, this actually sets your year up, and you can go to these events knowing that you've got a bit of backing. You don't have to worry about going to get dinner. You don't have to worry about going to book this flight or going to do this because you've got money in the bank. So it goes a long way. Foxy, tied 14th, hell of a result. And get this, he's 32, 32nd in the world in the world rankings. 32nd in the world in the world rankings. Little old Ryan Fox from New Zealand. It is such a good uh, position for him. And he's heading to the players, the TPC Sawgrass. Must be nice to be able to play all those courses. And then he's going to play a practice round at Augusta. So he's in a, he's in a prime position. But, Louis, I just want to ask you, I was, I was, I was doing some reading on the PGA Tour and the mm. changes that they've made. Oh, the yeah. The changes that they've made, they've made for next <laughs> oh, year. Yeah. Eight designated uh, <laughs> Um, competitions for top 50. <laughs> is it the right thing to do? Is it the right thing oh. to do right now? No, it's just an LIV kind of 2.0, isn't it? Uh, look, I don't, I just find it funny. Look, I don't think it's right or wrong or, you know, good on them. They're, they're trying to keep their top players happy. But we, I said this three weeks ago. I said, you know what? I'm worried that these guys like Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas they're going to have to one day walk back their words because this is clearly where golf yeah. was going. PGA Tour has just done exactly what Liv did, and good on them. Yep. They're protecting their patch. They want to look after their top players. But actually, I found a hilarious tweet from Danny Lee because Liv Golf said they tweeted when this, these announcements were, were made, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Congratulations, <laughs> PGA Tour. Welcome to the future. And the first person to comment was Danny Lee. New Zealand golfer. So all the top guys going to complain about no cut events on PGA Tour now, question mark? Hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, like, there's a level of hypocrisy here, but the PGA Tour, they're, they're just doing what they think they need to do to protect their patch. I don't begrudge them. I don't think anybody should, but I just think it is hilarious how ferocious and how hard-lined these players and people were. And, and honestly, this is no different to what Liv did. So you feel... A little bit bad for some of the, um, the the people on the fringes that are trying to get into these events. Now they now no longer have the opportunity. It is a little bit elitist, but I mean that's just professional sport, I guess. Oh, there's going to be a bit of an exodus. You look at the players that are sitting outside the top fifty. You got Ricky Fowler. He's probably the most known name out of that top fifty. You look at him. He's a big part of the PGA. He's got a big backing, big following. But he's out of that top 50, so he probably won't make the cut for those big events. Will he be the next one to head over to LIV, the Live Tour? It's That's it? Yeah. What do you think? interesting Do you think it's got like... Because uh, Ter- Terrell... No, not Terrell. Eddie Pepperell made that point. He said, I actually think this will backfire because all of those middle class, like the really good players, that middle class, he just says this is a more motivation for them to leave. So what do you reckon? Well, it's... Uh, oh, it's the same in every sport. You look at a New Zealand rugby at the moment. You've got to, you know, the top players get looked after, and and the the lesser players will go offshore to make some bigger money. It's just uh, all part and parcel of sport. Look, I don't, I don't, 
probably agree because of what they've come out and said and they've stated, and the other pretty much just imitated it and put it in a different name. So they needed to do something. They needed to make a change. Um, whether that was just trying to offer these players money, incentives to just play in the PGA would have probably been a better direction. That's guaranteed cash for these players and not just look after the top 50 players because let's be honest, if you're in the top 50 in the PGA, you don't really need a helping hand. You're getting paid plenty. So offering these players that are outside the top 50 an opportunity to stay on, whether it's just 150,000 US or 200,000 US just to help them along their way on their journey, that would have been better than just looking after the top 50, I feel. And we're going to get an exodus. You're going to get players that are outside the top 50 that are going to leave and LOV will be laughing straight to the bank. And with LOV at this rate, I I haven't watched any LOV, to be completely honest with you. Look, I, I haven't watched any of it because I just don't see myself watching. I love watching Sky Sports 6 and watching all these PGA events and, and the hype that's still behind it. The PGA for me is still... Yeah, the, yeah, the top of the I get top it. of the cream. That, that's the event that I watch. But if they if they continue down this, like people are going to start making that switch and start making it. And just on some golf, Louis, we got some. Uh, we have another pair of the all new ZG twenty three range of golf shoes from Adidas. Get in touch with us on double eight double three or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven and let us know who would absolutely be thrilled to get a new pair of kicks to take their golf game to another level. Uh, another limit, light without limit, ZG. 23 golf shoes from Adidas, and I can talk about them because I wore them in my golf event, and they are the comfiest shoes I've ever worn. They are so good. So get on. You want a pair of these for sure, and uh, we want to give them away to you. So there's plenty plenty to talk about. We've got Ryan Fox after seven. We're going to be talking to Ed Spencer. We've got F1 and IndyCar, and then after yeah. eight, we're going to have a chat to Joe Wheeler, who was over at the Super Rugby uh, super round in Melbourne, and we want to chat to him about his Hollanders because I think it's going to be a difficult, difficult year for them. We're going to talk some equestrian with Monica Spencer to finish our show. So we've got a big show, and we want to talk about it all. Louis, what do mm. you got? Well, I, I just, I, we should point out that we've just spent ten minutes talking about golf, and we could probably spend an hour talking about golf. Um, so after seven o'clock, when we chat to Foxy. We're also going to open the rumour mill up today, and we're going to let you get your wooden spoons out and just start cooking it up, start stirring the pot. So double eight, double three. If you've got any rumours about golf, professional, on a personal note, anybody see Izzy's playing any shots down there at Queenstown that they want to come through and report back? Any eyewitnesses? Double eight, double three about some of his golf play out there or. Anything from the New Zealand Open? We want to start the rumour mill. Let's get it going. Let's talk golf at about 20 past seven. Start it coming through. And, and you said that you made a point. That some of these young golfers coming through, Izzy, they don't um, have all of the equipment. Well, we had a text last week from a guy, Chris, whose son missed out on playing in the New Zealand Golf Open um, by two shots. And he, then he yep. decided to stay down there for the weekend caddy for one of the pros. And he uh, he said he wore his shoes out. He's getting blisters all over his feet. So he'd love a pair of the shoes. So we got to hook him up, him up with some of these Adidas shoes last week. Yes. So that was really cool. That's awesome. You won't get blisters with these. I promise you that. They are the comfiest shoes I've ever worn. And the worst thing about it is I had new kit 
from the Eddie crew every day. And I was like, man, I feel horrible. Man, these pros are strong. Thought it's tough. And this mug from Christchurch comes out. He plays hacks a golf ball around once a week. Is looking top notch, but that is what it's all about. So, Chris, I hope those shoes will do you justice and your son continue that journey, mate. All it takes is one little moment, <laughs> one little bit of confidence, and you will get that job done. It is now 19 past six, and it's time for this. Can't wait, question of the day. I want to change tack completely, Daggy. If you allow me, I want to go somewhere completely different. I want to get weird on a Tuesday. Oh, it's not that weird. I've got a genuine question I need to ask. Double eight, double three. Listen in close. I love it. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Kenartai phone line. Get ready. Get your phone in your hand. Get ready to dial that number. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. This is important. Twelve people in total were arrested at Sky Stadium on Friday night. 12 people in total. Now, that, there might have actually been more than that. 12 people in total, particularly for invading the pitch. Yes, the good old-fashioned streaker. The pitch invader. The person that jumps on the field, finishes their drink, runs around, makes the red badge staff chase them. They do a bit goosey. We laugh for a little bit. But 12. My question is... Is this funny or are they lame? Because Shane Harmon from Sky Stadium said that there was two injuries of his security staff, the, the um, employees hired to keep pitch invaders off the pitch. They all want to put the big hits in. We've seen the big hits. We've seen Andrew Simons drop him. We know what it looks like. It's funny. Or is it? Are we over pitch invaders? What do you think? Is he? I don't know. Well, it's a great question. It's a great question. Um, I think it's pretty lame, to be completely honest. You're highly intoxicated. You know, like, you're probably a brother, son, daughter, a sister. You know, like, imagine your family sitting at home and going, is that, is that Georgina running across that field? Look, I've had a moment. We were playing against Argentina at, at uh, McLean Park, and this young lass with no no clothes on just runs straight past me and slaps me in the ass. I didn't see her. And I was at fullback. And I was like, holy hecker. And I was just thinking, wow, we... Oh, I think it's pretty lame, to be honest. I think there's, there's something needed to be done because I, I don't enjoy when those security guards absolutely snap them in half and, and you know, and they go to hospital and they've probably knocks them out. Like, But that's probably the least that's going to happen to you if you put yourself out there to run on that field. So for me, I think it's lame, mate. I think it's absolutely lame and something needs to be done, something needs to be changed. I think the, the, the repercussions need to be more. I know they get mm. a life ban from the stadium, but maybe even more to stop these encouraging these these young kids or young people to run out there and put put themselves at danger. So, yeah, I think it's lame. We'll go away and we'll get your your answer. And we've got a few calls and messages coming through uh, as well that we'll get to shortly. Uh, big show coming up, so stay tuned. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. It's six twenty-seven on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Call any time on the Kenna Tire phone line. Kenna Tire is hiring. Big visit kennartire.co.nz. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We're talking pitch invaders, streakers. Are they funny or are they lame? And Brenton from Auckland is on the line. How you doing, Brenton? I'm good, brother. Yourself? 
Oh, very good, mate. Very good. We have a good, big, big show coming up. But, mate, Pitch Invaders, are you a fan or or not? Nah. Nah, man, not at all. I, I went to the Warriors game, it was last year, the, maybe the first time back at home. They had about mm. six Invaders. But all it does is just stop the game. It's just ridiculous. It's like, I, the, I, my son, he's seven, though. He actually found it really funny and, and he kept <laughs> waiting for the next one. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's annoying, son. And he goes, when do? And then, and then he's like, when are they going to come again? When's another one going to come? And it was, he found it hilarious. He loved it. But uh, they're just trying to film themselves and put themselves up on socials, mate. Some guys are holding their phones and running along. Like, it's, it's not even funny. Yeah, social media influence. Do you feel like there should be harsher repercussions? Yeah, man, they should have, like, a fine that they can't even... Because they're all young people, so they should have a fine that they have to pay back. That's ridiculous. And then they'll think, then they'll yep. think twice. You know, make it, Beautiful. Make it $20,000 or something like that, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree, Brenton from Auckland. Thanks so much for your call, mate. You have a lovely day. Hopefully we'll hear from you in about 10 minutes' time because you'll be coming back for Quizzy Dag. Take care, mate. That's the one, brother. See you, mate. Cheers. There we go. A couple of messages as well, Louis, before we get off to Joe from Gizzy. You should be only allowed to do it if you're nude to me. To me. Come on, to me. <laughs> Fair call, though. Fair call. Another one from Mark. Morena Lads. Massive rumour I heard as he was hooking me up with some new golf shoes. True or false? False, Mark. That is false. you got to earn them, brother. Nah, if anyone earns them, it's you, Marky from Tauranga. Appreciate it. Well, Joe from Gizzy, he wants to talk pitch invaders. How you doing, Joey? I'm good, brother. I'm good. No, there's a poor effort from those pitch invaders unless they're running around with uh, 1-0, 1-0, which is, uh, you know, we were up 1-0 after winning our first game over the Warriors. But uh, <laughs> poor effort from pitch invaders. I agree with Timmy unless you're nude because we've got something to see and slow my game down. But uh, <laughs> when I lived in England, there's a quick one at Twickenham. They have the Twickenham yep. Amateur Rugby Club right next door. And their, they, their flankers are the tacklers on the corners of each of each corner when they play internationals. So they don't have the security yeah. guys running up. They have open side flankers come out and bend you over. So uh, <laughs> n- nothing nothing wrong with that. But your absolutely annoyance, uh, I agree with Brenton, it's just, uh, it slows the game down. And these people aren't, they aren't streakers anymore. They're pitch invaders no. looking for that uh, five seconds of fame, mate. A little bit like yourself yeah, on the golf course. That's, uh... <laughs> I was, I'm still looking, Joey. I'm still looking, Joey. And just on that, Joey, we can't let you get away. I know you're a, you're a generous man. You're all about the people. And you gave away your shoes last week to get auctioned off. Well, that is happening. Yep. That is happening. But we're going to do a Sunny Bull Ruby Tui situation here. You're not getting away with that. So you've got a pair of Adidas shoes. Adidas uh, headquarters in Australia, they heard the content, they loved what you're about, but they want you to have your own pair of golf shoes. So, Joey from Gizzy, you got a pair of ZG23 golf shoes coming your way, mate. You cannot turn them down, okay? Mate, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to get the old shoes out of the shed and see what size I am, eh? <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, no, I was, you know, there are bigger needs than me giving those away, pal, but uh, thank you very much. No worries. We're still doing the auction, mate. We've still got some shoes that we're going to raise some money for the Cyclone Gabriel Relief. But we want you to have your own very uh, your very own pair. So that's coming your way. Stay on, and the lads will get your sizes, and we'll uh, get those out to you as soon as possible, mate. Joey from Gizzy, you're a champion. Thanks very much. Cheers, Gizzy. Thanks very much. There he is. We're talking pitch invaders. We're going to shoot off. We're going to get some headlines with Joey.
coming up and there's plenty to talk about. But remember, you can still win your own pair of ZG23 Ranger golf shoes from Adidas. And trust me, they are super, super comfortable. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha, for keeping us up to date with what's going on around here and abroad. It's time for some headlines with Joe. Power your business with Bunnings Trade, Power Pass Trade, and Builders. Power your business with Bunnings. How good. They will keep you sorted for your power needs. Joey, good morning to you. Morning, Izzy. How are you going, brother? How are the knees? <laughs> the knees, mate. The knees are aching. They are aching of the, the old uh, ibuprofen has worn off and I'm back to limping around. But that's okay, mate. How are you? How are you, um, how are you Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Frozen? You good? Yeah, no, I'm good. I might need to hooting after uh, cranking the dance moves out. Just talk me through this yeah. theme. Yeah. Talk me through this theme. Who came up with it? Was I, it your idea? It was my idea, yeah. Frozen's my favourite movie of all time, and uh, I thought, you know, 24 is probably the last time I could froze a, throw a Frozen <laughs> theme party and it wouldn't be weird. Uh, so I did, and it was great. It was glorious. Anyways, boys, you're, you're still sport- si- you're still single, eh? Oh, definitely. Sports headlines, boys. <laughs> last, <laughs> last, year, last year's ANZ Premiership <laughs> win spooners, the Tactics, have started their season with a win, beating the Stars 55 to 49 Auckland. Meanwhile, England were bowled out for 196 as Bangladesh avoided a one-day series clean sweep with a 51 run run win in Chittagong. And boys, Novak Djokovic has withdrawn from this week's Indian Wells Masters event. With a Serb unable to enter the United States, the US still requires international visitors to be vaccinated until at least the 10th of April, at which point COVID restrictions will ease. Those are your sports updates, boys. Love it. Absolutely love it. Sorry about that. I just have to put it into context. Um, Joe had a, a birthday on the weekend and, and his 24th birthday theme was Frozen. It just, just got me just got me going, and I was just saying, look, Frozen's a great movie. Tilly loves Frozen. Arlo absolutely yeah. can't stand it, but Tilly loves Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, I thought, was it a funny thing? Did someone force you to wear that, or did you actually come up with it? It was, um, it was interesting. Anyway, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting when you put it in context like that. Arlo, who will be coming up to his sixth birthday this year, will he? Um, yeah, he'd be going six. Hulk all day. Like, Hulk would have been way better, wouldn't it? Like, if you're going to have a theme, yeah. you go Hulk yeah. or Spider-Man or Batman or Transformers or... Even Tarzan, yeah. get a little oh. loincloth out there. Well, boys, there's no, there's, no theme, there's no theme song he can get up and dance to with Hulk. So I think oh. that, was the, that was the selling point. Yeah, Hulk. <laughs> what about what about a streaker in a frozen outfit? A man like a on a like a, imagine a man on a stag do. No, you know the streaker thing, the pitch invader thing. Hmm. I I kind of hate myself for my opinion on it. Like I kind of hate the fact I resent the fact that I think it's stupid because it's so dumb. Like it should just be fun, but I hate it. I hate it. I hate seeing a pitch invader. It get, makes me so mad. I just, I completely agree with Brenton Izzy. It stops the flow of the game, and I'm a sports yep. nuffy. And I guess the fact is, I'm, I'm becoming an old man. Like I've gone the opposite way. Joe's acting the age of four. 
like Tilly, and I'm acting the age of 64. And and maybe that's just who I am. But I, I really am so no, sick I'm of you. I'm sick of them. Mm, I'm with you. Like, as, as a... As a player, you're in that moment out there, and you're like, oh, you know, you, you go. You, it's particularly when it's a sh- an important part of the game. Like, imagine if you've come on, and the All Blacks or or, or the Phoenix are just about to score a goal, score a try that's going to win the game, and they've come on and, and absolutely disrupted that little bit of play. The refs had to make the decision and stop the game, and you've ruined a pivotal moment where the team that you love, the team that you've gone to support has to stop playing because you've run on and been an absolute twat. So, yeah, I, I'm totally against it. I think it's something needs to be done about it. And maybe Joey from Gizzy's solution and saying, mate, just get some big boys out there that will just snap you in half. And there has been some of them. I know you've seen some some uh, replays of them coming on and just getting snapped in half. So. But that's also well, the there's problem. a couple of messages there as well. Mm. That, yeah. that's, that is half the problem, is he? Because now that there's this, it's almost like there's a uh, this is this thing being built up that you want to go viral by getting peeled out by a security guard, and now the security guards feel like they've got to live up to the hype, and they're getting injured because they're, yeah. they're, these they're not professional athletes; they're not meant to be throwing themselves around. And then on the other side, when they do snap them in half, they get well, they get taunted, they get you know abused right. for being too over the top, and that's it. So it's a fine line, but, mate, honestly, I just think the repercussions need to be more and maybe just a huge fine, a huge fine. Well, really, these players, these these streakers ain't going to pay them because most of them are from Dunedin students and uh, get, get it done. But, mate, interesting. There's a couple of messages here, Louis. You want to read a couple out? Yes. Yep. Uh, Brett, lame. They'd be the first to have a whinge if the five the 5-0 touched them up. Bring in big fines that are donated back to grassroots. Can't have this during the Football World Cup, boys. No, Brett, we cannot. That's a terrible look. Uh, Kevin, it's obvious. The brain is vulnerable to, to the alcohol, showing what you've got or haven't got. How would you feel if it was your daughter? Not funny anymore. Well, that's well, that's the thing. Like, I'm sure there's – you made the point, is I'm sure there's grandparents mm. and – I mean, I, imagine if I did it. And my, my grandparents are there watching a Crusaders game or a Canterbury game, the team that they've supported their whole life, and they see their grandkid run out there and make an idiot of themselves. I mean, I, I'm sure these people, most of them wake up in the morning and they regret it, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. I have one of my best friends down – and when I was playing my first year at the Hollanders, she was a student down in, in Dunedin, and – uh, she ran on past me, and I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And she got smoked, and she was got banned from Carrollsbrook. And I was talking to her afterwards, and, and the boys were, that were with her were, like, encouraging her, you know, the ones that they were just egging her on. And that's all it is, egging them on, encouraging them, this is your big moment, I'll give you 100 bucks if you do it. You know, so it's, it's, it's their fault as well because they've made the decision to do it, but there's all that encouragement and social media like that, that people want to be famous. It's uh, it's not a good look. So, look, I know Sky Stadium, that's where the match was. They were disappointed, and other stadiums will be aware of this, and I think they'll be talking about it plenty with the security guards going forward. So uh, great, great question about that, Louis. Loved it. Um, and just a quick message from Cam on the double eight double three Temper Bedpost text machine. Rumour has it, lads. The one alone Izzy Dag was seen out the back of the clubhouse at the New Zealand Golf Open with the LIV Golf representatives with what looked like a couple of contracts being signed. Cam, well, no, far from. I don't think there was any beer, um, any paper involved, but there was plenty of beers that were being drunk on the clubhouse Ooh. watching a bit of golf. So, Cam, uh, it was awesome. 
actually, it was great to be down there, and you, and you actually walk around, and, and there's a few, few listeners that, that listen to the show, and you get a bit of an understanding. And I said, are you working tomorrow? I said, hell no. I'm taking off at about 12. Can't be ruining my preparation, getting up early to do some radio. No, appreciate all the time, boys, and um, and looking after the show. We're going to shoot off because we've got Quizzy Dad coming up. We have a $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. Call now, 0800-150-811 on the Kenar Tire phone line. And, well, if you get a bit stuck, Louis the Oracle, <laughs> Watt, Herman Watt, will give you a wee lending hand. So call now. Quizzy Dad, come play it. 800 150811. Now give us a call. Oh, here he is. Here he is. He is hungry for some $50 TAB bonus bet and potentially some golf shoes. Mark from Tauranga. Morena to you, Marky. Morning, bro. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Followed your progress on the old uh, uh, golf there, and you went not too bad, eh? Ah, solid, solid. But just throwing missed opportunities. Need to sing some parts, hit for show, putt for dough, Daggy boy. That's my name. Anyway, Mark, it's not about me. It's about you. Good luck today. Get you paid, mate. Here we go. Question number one. What team had the lowest score in round one of the NRL? No idea. Um, let's go the dogs, Bulldogs. Bulldogs is correct. <laughs> he pushed the wrong button. It is correct. It's definitely correct. The Bulldogs, yeah. Bulldogs of six points. Oh, what about those dolphins? Wow, we so good. I know. Question number two, question number two, Marky. And Liverpool's seven and zero thrashing of Manchester United. Only one goal was scored in the first half. By who? It wasn't Mo Salah. No, it wasn't Mo Salah. That is actually wrong. Sorry. Have a good day. (laughs) Have a good day, Mark. So long, mate. Appreciate your call. Lukey from Dunedin. How you doing, Luke? I'm good, Izzy. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Great to be back on the airways hearing your voice. You must be <laughs> Those Landers, eh? Filthier. Oh, Filthy. God. <laughs> you did face last year's finalists, so we'll give you a little bit of leeway, but uh might be a difficult year. Anyway, question number two. In Liverpool, 7-0 thrashing of Manchester United. Only one goal was scored in the first half. By who? Gekpo. Gakpo. Cody Gakpo. Question number three. The Vancouver Sevens concluded yesterday. Where is the next tournament being held getting underway in a few weeks' time? Hell of a week. Oh. Hong Kong. Oh, pay it. I gave you I gave that away. <laughs> it's you a great it. week. Oh, go watch go watch that tournament. It's such a good week. Question number four. Name any of the teams that lost their first round match in the ANZ Premiership Netball. Steel, correct. Ooh. Wow, he's, he's on a heater, and wow, I've pretty much given this question away because I spoke about it earlier on the show. But what is Ryan Fox's 
world golf rankly, ranking currently? Uh, he would be 53. 53 is way off. Sorry, Lukey from today. You said there was so much confidence. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Lukey. Have a good day, mate. Thanks very much. We're going to go to Chris from Wairapa. Chris, how you doing? Morena, Chris. Hello. 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 Hello, Chris. You're up, mate. It's your time to shine. This is the last question. If you get it, you got $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way, Chris. Question number five. You ready? All right. Good good luck. What is Ryan Fox's world golf ranking currently? Um, I might need a clue, but I'm going to say it's higher than yours. (laughs) (laughs) It's higher than Izzy's. Uh, so yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's uh, lower than Izzy's, but it's only also a, a couple of years younger than Izzy. Oh, couple of years younger. Um, oh, <laughs> if I've got Izzy's age right, yeah, thirty, thirty, thirty-three. Oh! <laughs> Chris from Wairapa. I like that about you. I like that about you. Close, but no cigar. Sorry, Chris. Have a good day, mate. We are going to go to, to Daryl. How you doing, Daryl? Oh, he's gone. Oh, we lost Daryl. So we're going to go to Richie from Upper Hutt. Richie. Morning, Izzy. Morning, Richie. How about those hurricanes, eh? Oh, yeah, they got the job done. I'm still waiting to see what Hardy's playing this weekend. Ooh, let's not touch on that topic. Okay, here we go. What is Ryan Fox <laughs> World Golf ranking currently? Quickly. Uh, 32. 32nd in the world. That is correct, Richie. $50 TAB. Bonus bet coming your way. Congratulations. And we'll be back with a Love Racing update, so stay tuned. Radio. We're two minutes away from seven. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. And just a couple of updates on where we're at. King Kelso, McD, uh, Legato, of course, Ken and Bev, I should say. Um, that was such an amazing, amazing weekend uh, for New Zealand. Imperatriz run down by Artorias and the Canterbury Stakes, the Group 1. So Imperatriz, she's heading to the William Reed, the Group 1 around Mooney Valley at the end of this month. She's going to be hard to beat there. But Babylon Berlin, who absolutely kicked them in at Tarapa uh, against the easier field, she's also getting her chance at Australian Group 1 glory. She's racing in career best form, so she's nothing to shake a stick at either. We've got Prowess over in Australia, about to take on the Vinery and the Aussie Oaks. Same with Polygon and Sharp and Smart. He's going to take on the Derby. He'll win that in Sydney, and then he might get to race the really nice ones in the Queen Elizabeth. So much going on, including racing at Topor tomorrow, where I finally have, if I get paid, back at the races, and she might be a little each-way chance. Come on, Louis. She might she might be in an each-way chance tomorrow. We will have a look at the field later on, see what odds they give us, and we might be having a bet. Beautiful, Louis. Good luck with that. Great to see if I get paid back have in a race. Ryan Fox coming up here from the man himself, tied 14th at the Arnold Palmer. Here's Arnold Health, the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand.
Good morning, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SENZ. It's just after 7 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Kempe's over in Fiji's on a wee holiday. Hope you're doing okay there. Bolovanaka there, Kempe. is in Vomo, Vomo Island over there, and he's having a hell of a time. We're talking all things sport. We're talking rugby. We're talking streakers. Are they lame or do you enjoy it? Lame. Messages come through from Tristan. <laughs> They're lame. Lame as anything. Make it a fine, payable to a charity before you are allowed to leave the stadium. There you go, Tristan. That might have them second-guessing themselves. You ain't leaving here. I'm sure plenty of them that are streaking. Well, they'll have to borrow money off mum and dad because most of them are down the far south or they are of young of age. So, yep, keep those messages coming through. we got a pair of uh, all the all-new ZG23 range of golf shoes from Adidas. Get in touch with us. On double eight double three or oh eight hundred one five oh eight to eleven and let us know. We're talking all things golf. We got Ryan Fox coming up shortly, but I'll read this quick message from Mark because it's a it's a good point, Louis, because this there's a situation that's happening down south. Just quickly, lads. Even though I'm a Crusader supporter, I feel sorry for the Hondas. They actually have a lot of supporters in Canterbury. And to see and hear people riding them off gets me a bit wound up. They all come right. And any team that takes them lightly can find themselves with egg all over themselves. Maybe not eggs, too expensive to throw away yesterday <laughs> at the moment there, Marky. But you know what I mean. Mark, size 12, three, uh, please. So he's after those golf shoes. Makes for a fair point. You know, I read a message from last night's rugby show in regards to Shea Fihaki, who mm. is at the Crusaders at the moment, and he's got a hell of a lot of talent. But he's yet to find himself pushing forward to that opportunity to play for the Crusaders. So sharing the talent around, that is the situation that is unfolding down at the Highlands at the moment. You think maybe they've got some cavalry that's going to come come on and, and be available for them. Well, there's only Aaron Smith. And Aaron Smith will make an Aaron Smith difference, but it won't be enough. The depth down there is waning, and I, I get a sense that they're going to have a pretty difficult time. Yes, they faced the, you know, the finals of last year's competition, and they will upset a couple of teams this year. But if you're a Hans fan, I get a sense it's going to be a pretty tough year with the stocks that's uh, available for them. Am I right, Louis? Am I on the same same page? I, I, I totally is, Ian. Like, Mark, don't get the wrong end of the stick. I, I think, yeah, I'm riding the Highlanders off. I am riding the Highlanders off, but I'm not, I'm not doing it with any pleasure. It, it actually makes me sad. I do agree with your sentiment. There are lots of Highlanders fans around the country and uh, it's concerning because we want the competition to be strong. And I always want the Highlanders to be able to kind of galvanise and, and find that inner southerner that, they, that they've used throughout the years. But the reason riding them off is, yeah, they've played the Crusaders and the Blues, but I don't know if you saw the game, the whole game, is he? but like it was a procession. It honestly looks like... yeah. It, it kind of looked like they were an NPC side. They were slow um, around every aspect of the game. And it's not just one or two things. And as you just made the point, like Aaron Smith can make an Aaron Smith size difference. But they honestly just looked like they were in a different class. And that doesn't usually, you can't usually just flick a switch if that's the case, right? If there's teams in two different dimensions, it's kind of like, well, this could be a long year. But Joe Wheeler will have a better read on it than us. He will. He will. And look, it's it's a difficult one because... You look at the Jamie Joseph situation uh, not so long ago, 2015 when they won the Super Rugby title. They had a footprint there. They had a footprint there. And I think at the moment, trying to entice these players to go south, they had that because they had a culture, they had an environment. 
But I feel like they've just lost their way a wee bit, and that's why they're not enticing these players to to venture south and and maybe forge an opportunity to to go on to bigger, better things. So I hope it gets better because they are my second team. I played mm. twenty five games for them, and I've got a lot of love for the for the Landers down there. And it's, it's tough when you see them struggling. And I hope they can find their way. And I feel for Clark Dermody. I no doubt he will be uh, trying to look for answers to go on and, and maybe push for an opportunity or even just get some confidence back in that environment because winning brings a whole lot of confidence. It is now 8 past 7, and let's go here from the man himself, Ryan Fox. It's on a weekend that was all about golf for New Zealand, our best men's golfer, Ryan Fox, was living up to the hype across the world as he bagged a tie of 14th at the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the, at the notoriously challenging Bay Hill Golf Course. Only five shots off the winning score. It is the perfect start to an American stint which sees him our best take on, the best courses and players culminating in the Masters next month. Foxy is with us on the line out of the States this morning. He's at TPC Sawgrass. How are you doing, Foxy? I'm doing very well, especially after a good finish last week. Oh, mate. Let's talk about that finish. Five under in that final day. Mate, full of confidence. You were shooting the lights out. What did that come down to, mate? Um, it had been close all week, to be honest. Um, even though the scores didn't really show it, I kind of, I'd left a few out there on the greens and made a couple of silly mistakes here and there. And on a golf course like that, you get your butt kicked pretty quickly. And I did a couple of times. <laughs> and then on Sunday, I just kind of had it. Um, I had a good group. My playing partner, Davis Riley, shot 66 as well. And it's kind of one of those days where I think we made a, we both felt like the golf course was a lot easier than it was. You know, we we're both hitting good shots, making some putts and sort of fed off each other a little bit. And um, yeah, it was certainly nice to, to come out with a top 15 finish that first week out. And um, yeah, a lot to build on. Obviously one of the strongest fields we, pl- we play all year. Um, and oh. Yeah, it was, it was just a good experience. And obviously it's also a golf course that, you know, I grew up watching. There's so many, so many shots that you remember Tiger hitting, especially into that 18th. So to actually get to hit yep. a few of them is pretty cool. The way the the way the event finished as well um, was amazing. So many uh, players on eight under, nine under, always felt like it was going to be the score, didn't it, uh, Foxy? And and it was epic to see you just felt so full of confidence. How do you carry that momentum through to Sawgrass? Have have you have you been around Sawgrass before, or, or is this your first look? This is my first look, so I'll go around there this afternoon. Um, I'll play nine holes this afternoon. So by all accounts, it's an awesome golf course. Uh, it doesn't suit any style of play, and you've just got to play good. If you play good, you can score. If you play bad, um, you've got your tail between your legs running away. <laughs> uh, it's So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, obviously, I can take a lot of confidence from last week. You know, to, sh- to shoot six under on the weekend round, you know, potentially one of the hardest tracks on the PJ Tour, um, you know that I can. There's only good things can come from that, and I started hitting it really solid. So, so hopefully that's you know can carry that on this week. And um, you know, it, I feel like I feel a bit more comfortable out here now than I probably would have a couple of years ago. So it's a nice place to be. Oh, that's good. Confidence is the formula. Are there any big adjustments or differences you need to get used to when you play this PGA Tour events compared to DP World Tour or or elsewhere in the world? Um. I mean, I think the style of golf course is a little bit different. I, last week may have been an anomaly, but, you know, the rough is up. It's really firm and fast, and we don't get too much of that in Europe. Um, 
but I guess it's a bit more like playing a major every week. I guess that's the thing with the schedule I've got coming up. I'm playing a lot of those elevated events, which basically is playing a major every week. So it's, yeah, it is a bit different, but I've been lucky enough to play a few majors now to, to, you know, play quite a few events where the best players are playing. So it doesn't feel quite as intimidating as what it, what it would have felt a couple of years ago, as I said. So, you know, it's kind of kind of cool now. I, I know a few of the guys, so I feel a bit more comfortable as well. So it's, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. It was a good week last week, and you hopefully have a few more of those coming up. Mate, that practice run. I seen you were playing with um, John Rahm, and you were playing with Jason Day, and you must be like you said. You you're confident now. You've been around it, but you still must pinch yourself from little old New Zealand that you're over there playing with the biggest guns in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it's definitely feels a bit more normal now, which is cool. Um, yeah, I played with John a couple of times, played a couple of practice rounds with him. Um, Jason Day's always been great to sort of anyone from our side of the world, Aussies or Kiwis, um, and I played a couple of practice rounds with him. So, you know, for Jason especially, it felt like just playing with a mate and just talk about random stuff. Mm. You know, he's got four kids and another one on the way and that kind of stuff. So lots of talk about that and... Um, you know, he's had a good record around Bay Hill, so I got to quiz him about, you know, how to play the golf course, which is really good. And, um, you know, I will certainly be trying to do that going forward with, with a few guys. Hopefully, can play some holes with Adam Scott in the next, you know, either this week or, or in the lead up to the Masters and try to pick his brain a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, it's still, if you'd have told me this five years ago that I've, you know, get to play practice rounds with these guys and it feels normal, I'm not sure I would have believed you, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to do. And, you know, in the end, they're just normal guys. And, know trying to do what i do yeah hit a white ball with a stick for a living <laughs> the, the normal guys but the intensity that they manage to bottle especially those top players on the pga tour how can you explain it to us that kind of electricity the energy that courses through a a um, last day a sunday at a pga tour event like you've just gone through and, and what you're expecting at the players like where is that intensity yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to get to that week in, week out. Um, I mean, you see someone like John Rahm, and it's, it's you know, he's got the, the Jordan-esque kind of you're never going to beat me look in his eye when he's in contention. And um, that's probably not quite me. Um, I'm, you know, sort of go about things a little bit differently in that way, and I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. But you see, yeah, it's... The, the, the atmosphere is different. I think the... You know, there's so many people around. It's actually a bit easier to get into that that zone a little bit. You know, you you know everyone. It's just busy. It's hectic, and you know you just feel up for it. It's you know imagine it's like playing a test match or something like that. Like you, the situation gets you up for it, and I think that's that's pretty cool to to experience that. You know, on on Sunday, you know, you I'm standing on the 18th fairway. There's plenty of people around, and I've got the shot that Tigers hit however many times on TV to 20 feet and rolled it in for birdie. And you know, I managed to actually do that on Sunday. So it, it's, when you got that kind of stuff in your head, it's pretty easy to get into a, into a good mental state. Mate, you've won on the European Tour, the DP World Tour. You've yet to win on the PGA. What would it mean to in this next little stretch to get one done on, on, the, on probably the biggest stage in the world? Particularly the Masters, oh, Foxy. Oh, mate, I picked be... you to win a major this year, mate. Come on. <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, look, it obviously would be a dream come true. Um, and, you know, it's it would be a very different scenario than what I've ever experienced. But, you know, I mm. feel like I've got a few more tools to be able to deal with that kind of stuff 
that kind of pressure and um, hopefully I can get myself in that situation. I'll certainly be trying over the next few weeks. Talk me through when you got that envelope, that little letter from Augusta that was sent to your house and you opened it up probably in front of your family. Nervous, goosebumps, excited? Well, to be fair, it was a bit more of an anticlimax than than what it should have been. Um, I knew it, I knew it was coming for a start. That announced the field list anyway, so I knew yeah. I was in. And I'd seen I'd got an email. I got an email saying that a package had arrived, um, and we were actually away at, um, up in the Bay of Islands. And with the, with our crappy weather, I I messaged our neighbours and said, "Hey, look, there's a package in our letterbox. Would you mind um, grabbing it?" and either taking it to yours or chuck it inside our house so it doesn't get soaked. And I got a photo from my neighbour, not of, not of, the, um, not of the, the envelope itself, but of the package, and it says Augusta on it. So you kind of know what's coming. So, I mean, he's, he saved it from, from being very waterlogged, which I'm very appreciative of. And, um, yeah, got, obviously I opened it when I got home. And, yeah, as I said, it was probably a bit more of an anticlimax, but, you know, to have that, well, I think my wife's going to get it framed or has got it framed and to be able to have that nice. sitting on the wall, you know, you can't, I, you know, you can never take that away from me. That's pretty cool and can't wait to, I'm actually going to Augusta on uh, Monday night next week to play a couple of practice rounds there Tuesday, Wednesday next week. So that'll be pretty awesome to see that for the first time. Oh, must be nice, Foxy. Must be nice. That is the ultimate dream. I've just been down at New Zealand Golf Open, and that, for me, is my Augusta. Did you get to see in the NZ Open? I didn't see any of the coverage itself, but I was following the scores pretty closely. And, um, you know, while it would have been nice to have a Kiwi winner, I think having BJ win was was pretty awesome. I mean, he's been a great yeah. servant, ambassador for, that, for the New Zealand Open for a long time. So... Um, yeah, he's a, he's a, one of the nicest dudes going around, and um, yeah, I was disappointed not to be there as well. But you know, obviously, Bay Hill was a pretty hard opportunity to turn down last week, and I feel like at least I kind of made the most of it in that regard. Oh, you did, mate. I've seen the breakdown of the purse, and wow, we you're going to be having another, about three more fishing boats coming your way, mate. We're so proud of you down here. Keep it up, Foxy. Uh, you're absolutely flying, and, and to, for a tie 14th at the Arnold Palmer, Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill was a hell of a result. So well done, mate, and we'll let you go. Cheers. Thanks for having me. SNZ. There he is, Ryan Fox, tied 14th at the Arnold, Arnold Palmer Invitational, and he's, uh, he's in good stead heading to the players at TPC Sawgrass, which the one and only Cam Smith won last year, if you remember that. Very vividly on hole 17, where he stiff one in there, just past the 17th green on that island green. Well, we asked pinners last year, Louis. I know you got pinners on after that. Was that part of the plan? No, he just pushed it right, and luckily it bounced on the hole and stayed up, and he birdied it to go and win another big one. But Foxy, mate, oh, he is absolutely on the heater. He is full of confidence at the moment. Oh, he's... You could hear it in his voice. How bubbly was he? And and it's um, it's really amazing because you, you assume that these uh like high level golfers and, and and you hear him talk about how comfortable he is now. You kind of think, oh well, he's going to be flatline. He's going to be steady no matter what. No matter what, it was his first start in America in a wee while at the Arnold Palmer. But actually, the vibe I got was that he needed that fourteenth. 
Like, he's feeding off that at the moment. Like, that's actually could be make or break for this American run. We might look back and say, well, that 14th set him up. It put him, gave him the momentum. It gave him the mental clarity about he can hang with these top players that he needed. And I kind of didn't really focus that much on this event, knowing that there were bigger ones coming for him. But now, I think it was so crucial he got off to that start. He just sounds so bubbly, and he sounds so up for it. Well, confidence and the imposter syndrome that he spoke about, like, which he's got rid of. You look back to when he first cracked it on the European tour. It actually took him a year or two to, to go. It takes him a year because these are new courses for them. And this is the same with sure. Fox. He's talking about TPC Sawgrass. This is a new course for him. He's never played it. So this is a new start for him. And to go in in your first year of playing in these big tournaments and be tied 14th, that goes a hell of a long way. You look at Daniel Hillier. Here's our next Kiwi golfer that has just got his card for the European Tour. They say it takes a year until he finds his ground. You look at Foxy. He's getting his footprint on the ground now. Well, you think the next couple of years. These are huge for him. These are huge for him. And, and already have a tie 14th. Wow, we Absolute champion. And uh, New Zealand golf is flying at the moment. And he's putting all Kiwi golfers on the map. And he's uh, steading the way for them. And we're going to keep talking golf because we've got the rumour mill. I've been down south. I've been amongst the golfers. I've been amongst some champions. And I've got a few rumours I want to spill. So there you go. You're listening to Ozzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. The rumour mill with Ozzy and Kempi. But the rumour mill has been swirling while you've been away. Not about you, but it's just been swirling. The rumour mill was swirling about the Dolphins in the NRL and what Uncle Wayno used to inspire them. But we, uh, it's, not, wow. it's, it's, it's not time to get into the Dolphins. Maybe we can have a Dolphin-specific rumour mill. The rumour mill's been swirling about the world of golf on double eight, double three. Somebody saw you signing contracts and thought you might be heading to the Live Tour. Well, that's not quite true, as we've heard. But double eight, double three. what are your golf rumour mills? Uh, I actually have a rumour mill, and it's to do with Cameron Smith, as you mentioned, defending champion at TPC Sawgrass. Rumour has it that he is actually going to be in the crowd this weekend because, of course, he lives at Sawgrass, and even though he's banned, rumour has it he's going to be there. Players' Championship, will you be watching? Will you be doing that week? Yeah, like I said, I'm a little bit unsure. You know, that's that's where I live uh, now. So, um, I don't know. I'll definitely be watching on TV. I think it's a it's a great event to watch. I, I grew up my whole childhood watching the, watching the event, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get out there. I don't know how it would be uh, kind of received, but um, even getting out there and, and watching, walking around in the crowd, might be pretty funny. <laughs> Get out there. Get out there, Cammy. <laughs> Get out there, mate. You're the defending champ. You can do what you want, bruh. Far out, I reckon. They'll love it. They'll love it. That's a hell of a rumour. That's a hell of a rumour. I think that rumour's true. He's going to get out there and wind all the pundits up. Have a few scoonies on the side. How good, Cam Smith? Wow. Rumour mill. I don't know if this is true, but the rumours were circling. Down south, circling. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. 
that Rick Kane, the one and only Rick Kane, who owns Taridi, he's a hedge funder from the USA, yeah, has bought the Hills. Has bought the Hills Golf Club. Rumour has it that Rick Kane has come in and bought the Hills for a, a disgusting amount of money, which I've heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but there you go. Pentenchi, the Hills, has been sold. Dunno. Another wow. room. But you got to think, Rick Kane was there. He was there. Jonathan Liu, who was the CEO of Alibaba. You had Rod Duke. You had Nick Mowbray. Big wigs. Big wigs. Well, rumour has it that next year's New Zealand Open, someone big, and I mean big, is going to be playing at the New Zealand Golf Open. Rumour has it. Who that player is, I'm unsure. But let us know, double eight, double three. If there is one golfer you would love to have playing the New Zealand Golf Open, because there's some big wigs there, they could, well, open up the checkbook and get them there. Who would it be? Wow. I hope you, um, I hope you went Sheldon tapping uh, Nick Mowbray to get into some horse ownership, by the way, when you were hanging out with him. But I wonder, I wonder, (laughs) I wonder, because I've heard this in the sports media traps that's just starting to bubble away out there in the kind of the the world of the rumour that Tiger Woods, we've seen this before, your Kanye's, your Donald Trump's. Tiger Woods is starting to look at a 2028 presidential campaign. Oh, it's funny you brought up Tiger. Steve Williams was caddying for Daniel Hillier. And rumour has it that they have put their differences aside and the partnership of Williams and Woods is making a comeback for 2024. Oh, I can't beat that. That's the rumour, Bill. And it's done dusted for a Tuesday. There you go. The rumor mill is absolutely circling us. Flying Swirling. on a Tuesday. <laughs> Swirling. Oh, that was a goodie. I don't know. If, if you believe it or not, we'll leave it up to you. Double eight, double three. Let us know. If you've got any golf rumors, send us a message. Headlines with Joe coming up. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, welcome back. We're 26 away from 8, and the rumour mill is circling, swirling, swirling on this Tuesday morning. I love that little part of the show. It's so good. You don't know what's true or not. We'll keep you thinking back there. Double eight, double three. messages coming through. I heard it was the one and only Tony Kemp that was playing the 2024 New Zealand Open. That is from Brad. Oh, I'd pay good money to see Kempi in those shoulders swinging that club. Oh, it's, headli- it's time for some headlines with Joe. Kennard's hire makes your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. Joey, how you doing? I'm doing well, Is it? Yes, we're heading around the world for the sports headlines hour 7.30. Marlon Guptill did the heavy lifting for the Gladiators in the Pakistan Super League this morning, hitting 86 not out. It was a near-perfect performance for Guppy. With his teammate grabbing the winning runs off the second to last ball to end a five-match losing streak for the side. And uh, looking at F1 boys, Mercedes 
boss Toto Wolf has come out saying that what we saw at Bahrain was one of the worst days in racing for Mercedes. The Aston Martins are very fast, he said, and the Red Bull is just on a different planet. It hurts that they're so far ahead. So let's see if they make changes going forward. And the Baltimore Ravens, a bit of American football boys. I know it's the off-season, but you know me. I love my American football. The Baltimore Ravens have until tomorrow morning to place a franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Contract negotiations have broken down, and they're going to have to offer him a very big sum of money to keep him on a one-year deal that's going to hurt them long-term. But it's all they can do at the moment, boys. Those are your headlines. Thanks to Kennard's Hire. Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. Kennard's.co.nz. Beautiful. Thanks for that little update. And another way, uh, breaking news from regards to the NFL, I saw Derek Carr sign for the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, quarterback, and they saw a lot of potential in him at Las Vegas Raiders. But no, he's gone to the New Orleans Saints. So there you go. What would you, what would you think, Lamar Jackson? When you franchise tag them, Louis, that's big money. That, that's that's your Patrick Mahomes, five hundred million over ten years, isn't it? That's that's big money. That they uh, look. This is a weird one because they they um, essentially used Lamar Jackson as a battering ram in the first four years of his contract when he was on no money. He beat himself up, and then he's turned around and asked for Deshaun Watson kind of money, and they've said no because they think that that is going to cripple them long term the Ravens, and they said, no, we, we don't think that is what the quarterback market is. And the quarterback market was completely skewed by uh, Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. The, the Patrick Mahomes contract's kind of to a side. He's different gravy. But everyone underneath expecting that sort of money, it's becoming a really complicated situation. Um, I don't know what I'd do with Lamar Jackson, to be honest. I can see it both sides of it. I can see why you'd pay him, and I can see why you'd let him walk. And, and the Derek Carr one's really interesting because it kind of tells me that maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets because the Jets want a quarterback, and Derek Carr was, was right there. And that's not actually – well, that is a rumour. But, but but they've been talking about that for a long time. So could you see Aaron Rodgers out of a Packers guernsey? I mean, that would be weird, but not totally un- impossible. Yeah, that will be weird. But the Jets, with the season they had last year – Better than I've had in previous years. They'll, sure, they've been poor for the last couple. We could see that, see that happening potentially. Whether he wants to change it and go and, and play for the Jets is is the big question. We're going to read a couple of these messages and then we'll get off because Ed Spencer coming up. Morning, fellas. Wouldn't it be bloody awesome to be in the states, following and supporting Foxy for the next few weeks? Would be easier to get around the courses in some flash as new shoes, golf shoes, in fact. ZG 23s. Let's hope he can carry on his great form. Good luck, Foxy. Cheers, John. Appreciate it, John. Yeah, it would be great to go and watch him. And just one more before we shoot off. It would be awesome to get some new golf shoes. T- taking up golf as I can't play rugby anymore after a few silly operations. So far, my theory on golf is Seaball. Smash ball, and they tell me I need some decent shoes to stop slipping around, and then the ball might go straight. Size 12 or 13, I'm easy because they are free from an unknown texter. Leave your net num- name down the bottom if you want to go on that draw. We'll be um, announcing the winner later on in the show. We're going to shoot off because we've got Ed Spencer talking Formula One and IndyCar racing coming up. 
17 from 8 this morning and yesterday, well, it must have felt like motorsport heaven for fans of both F1 and IndyCar as the two open-wheel competitions started their season with a literal bang. Verstappen began his Formula 1 title defence, how he ended last year, light years ahead of the field. Meanwhile, our Kiwis slugged it out in St. Petersburg in a race full of carnage and drama. To help us recap, a wild day of racing is feature rider for Total Motorsport. Ed Spencer, thanks for joining us. Ed, how are you going today? How are you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, pretty well. All rested and recovered now after a mammoth day of racing and a mammoth weekend, I should add, with Formula 2 and Formula E. Sorry, Formula 3 really adding to the spectacle as well. Oh, wow. It was an absolute smorgasbord for you um, motorsport nuffies. You were absolutely loving it. Actually, so were we, to be fair, because we've got so much Kiwi interest around the world at the moment. Um, We haven't even spoken about Liam Lawson. We'll probably save that for another day, but we are loving it. Headline for you across all of the codes, what's the big takeaway? What's going through all the chat circles? All the chat is about Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Uh, This weekend was annihilation. Uh, really, we knew that the Red Bull had pace from testing, but this weekend they really turned up another level, and Verstappen and Red Bull just creamed the competition right from lights out. And it almost gives me a bit of I know it's still early days, but there's almost that feeling that we could see a McLaren 88 style season happening again when they won 15 of the 16 races that season. Uh, of course, the other talking point is that Aston Martin, what a weekend for Fernando Alonso, second place, sorry, third place. Really good drive, really good fight with Carlos Sainz and his old sparring partner, Lewis Hamilton. And on Mercedes and Ferrari, they seem to be in trouble a little bit, but not as much as McLaren, who had a pretty torrid weekend by their usual standards. Yeah, Toto Wolf, he's come out and he said, this is unfair. So the differences in the car setups, the makeups, I know there's a lot of chat about the whole... Everyone's starting from scratch last season, but they've just gone again and just forged on and, and showing everyone, well, if you can't catch us, good luck. So is there a fair justice, fair case for Toto Wolf and his struggling car at the moment compared to Red Bull? Mm, I don't really, I'm not really sure what to re- mm. say about Toto's comments. I think last year's cars are an evolution, this year's cars are an evolution of last year's, number one. But mm. you're always going to have, try and copy different ideas from different teams. I mean, bearing in mind, three years ago, it was Mercedes who were in the spotlight over uh, their rate, the racing points being basically a direct copy of Mercedes last year's car. So it seems the boot is on the other foot now with Mercedes when it was Christian Horner who was complaining in 2020. I don't think there's any problems with either car. I think if there was, you know, there'd be an investigation by now as there was earlier in the season in 2020. Uh, but of course, you know, anything can happen in Formula 1 and usually does. And when teams get a bee in their bonnet, they usually complain. <laughs> I don't know if you agree, Ed, but I think Formula 1 memes are one of the best subsection of the internet, full stop. And there was so many photos of little sad Charles Leclerc on the internet yesterday. What is he going to do for another year if Ferrari can't sort their proverbial out? Well, it's difficult to say with Charles because his contract runs out in 2024. And you've got to say there's not really that much room around. Mercedes could be an option, but they don't seem to be able to fight Red Bull at the moment. Red Bull do have a seat available at some point when Perez's contract runs out. But again, he's going to be paired with Max Verstappen and it's going to be very tough for him. I think he really will... He will either slug it out at 
Ferrari because he's the number one driver at that team and you know he's adored by the Defosi and I do feel that at some stage Ferrari will close the gap. I don't think it'll be this year on paper, but maybe next year when Red Bull's penalty continues to kick in a little bit more. Or he could take the gamble and go to Red Bull and partner up with Max, which is a dream lineup for any team boss to have, but we've seen dream lineups in the past, i.e. Rosberg and Hamilton fall yeah. apart when they're both fighting for the championship. So there's always that risk what Charles has to think about in the coming months. When you think of threats for Red Bull, they're one, two finish. So they've got absolutely flying. Is there a threat from elsewhere? Like with Fernando Alonso, we know, you know how experienced he is. He's got a threatening car with Aston Martin. Can he threaten Verstappen going forward? I think Aston could maybe, but they're going to need a little bit of luck. Um, the problem with Red Bull last year was the fact that the car was quick, but it was unreliable. This year, it seems to have smoothed out all the issues which affected the RBA team at the start of the year. Now, I think Aston Martin can compete on most tracks, but the strategy is going to have to come into it to stop Verstappen and Perez completely dominating the season. Maybe Ferrari, if the upgrades do come in and they do completely overhaul that car, and maybe, you know, there's there's not really that many, you know, competitors. Alpine are a little bit behind Merck, as I've mentioned. And, you know, teams like Alfa Romeo, Haas, they're just trying to find their groove with their current cars. Let's switch to Indy. Um, Scott McLaughlin was looking really, really strong for a podium finish before that crash with Grosjean derailed his hopes. Is he up for a massive year, Scotty McLaughlin? Or, or do you think he'll plateau a wee bit? Or did you see enough out of him yesterday that says he can keep projecting in the right way? I definitely think he is going to be a championship contender. That's for sure. I'm not sure what Scott was trying to do. Uh, bearing in mind, he was on cold tyres. Grosjean was on fresh rubber there. Had time to warm mm. up. But I do think he has a good chance this year. I think Penske do look strong. They're a little bit behind, but St. Petersburg is a very specific track where one type of car seems to be more favoured than the other. And it's still a long season. Bearing in mind, we also do have you know, plenty of races coming up, which are a lottery, such as the Indy 500. So I wouldn't rule out Scott too early. On the block, racing an IndyCar, Marcus Armstrong, what did you think of the rookie's debut? Did, did pretty well, I think. He recovered well. Mm considering that he had a puncher during the race, which lost him a chance of a top six. And, you know, finishing ahead of the finishing best of the rookies is a good achievement, considering that a good chunk of them didn't finish because Peterson, Rob were all pretty much wiped out at that opening lap pileup. So he can be very happy with himself. And I think Marcus has settled him well to IndyCar. He's got a good team behind him, got a good mentor in Scott Dixon. He's got Marcus Ericsson and Alex Blow he can lean off to. I think he did really well and he can be pleasantly surprised himself and scott dixon he'll be there or thereabouts year in year out we just there's there's very few more certainties in sport that scott dixon will be fighting out an indycar uh, championship come the end of the year right hey question on the indycar is there the same level of drama and pettiness in indycar as there is in f1 does it get pretty testy (laughs) off the track as someone who's been in both paddocks i one virtually one in person I, i wouldn't say so there is respect between drivers. Okay, occasionally, if there's an on-track incident, you know, there may be the odd fisticuff or there may be the odd sparring <laughs> session on Twitter, but I don't think there's the <laughs> level of 
there's not the level of pettiness that there is in Formula One. I also do think it's more the team principles that yeah, cause yeah. you know more, more drama because if you remember the Palo situation last year, it caused a big rift between uh, Zach Brown and Chip Ganassi. But you know, I, I don't think it drives to survive levels of pettiness. <laughs> Well, that's the other part of it. Like, they don't have Netflix following them around, so they're not playing up for the cameras, probably, <laughs> which is a, a massive part we can't <laughs> underrate. Hey, thanks so much for your time, mate. We love that you cover uh, both F1 and, and IndyCar. We, we really do want to keep up to date with it this year, as we've got so many Kiwis out there doing very, very strong work, mate. So I'm sure we'll chat again. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on, and good morning to everyone back in New Zealand. There you go. Yeah, it's been to Total Motorsport. Go follow him on Twitter. He uh, covers both Indy and F1 at a very high level. Um, he just watches everything. And that's what we want because, Izzy, we've got three Kiwis, um, Mark Armstrong, Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, who all put in big shifts yesterday. And uh, it's going to be really fun to watch them throughout the year. It's a long season IndyCar, and you gave those lottery races like the Indy 500. So... Uh, we'll be plugged in all the way through the season and Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Beautiful. I've been just started season five of Jives to Survive and it's such a good watch and uh, keeping you up to date. And Toto Wolf is continuing to have a little whinge and he's still carrying it on because Red Bull and Christian Horner are just on another planet at the moment. So awesome catch up with Ed Spencer talking Formula One and IndyCar. We'll keep watching that unfold throughout the the year. Izzy and Kempe's NRL draft score update coming up. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, Izzy and Kempe with Louie and Robbie and Joey for your Tuesday morning, yo. We're talking golf, we're talking Formula One with a little bit of rugby, ah uh, ha Kids are laughing at me, they're watching TV in the room, they're going, Dad, you've lost the plot. Well, I have, it is Tuesday morning, it's great to be back on the airways with you. <laughs> we're talking sport, we're talking golf, and plenty of you want a pair of new golf shoes. How good is that? ZG, 23 uh, range golf shoes great. from Adidas. And they have got in touch on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven the temper bed post text machine the Kennard Tire phone line. We'll read through a couple of these messages. Dave Costello, Adidas Golf Shoes, Foxy doing a great job promoting his game and putting New Zealand on the radar for people around the country. Thank you, Dave. You've gone into that draw. Yo, Izzy and three crew. I'd love some shoes. Sounds like they would be ideal for streaking. Just jokes. Hope you. <laughs> Hope you uh, hope you could uh, hope to catch, hope to catch up you. or at the sale GP. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate that message. Well, it's now time to talk some Super Rugby because my man Joey Wheeler was over in Melbourne doing a stellar job. I don't know if he was working. He was up to a lot of fun in the wake of Super Rugby's Pacific Super Round. There are a few things we know for absolute certainty about the state of play this year. The Australian teams might be at a level which will please Eddie Jones. The Highlanders have a huge battle on their hands to find anything, and Sonny Bill Williams still looks unbelievable in a singlet. Joey Weller, my good mate, Sky Sport presenter and host of Super South on SCNZ tonight from 7pm, is with us this morning. After soaking it all up, all the culture, the heat from Melbourne. How you doing, Joey? 
yeah, I'm a bit rusty to be honest, Dick. I'm still recovering. It was a big weekend, um, <laughs> on, on and on and off the pitch. I'll give you the tip. But uh, look, no, it was, it was awesome. Super, super round. Uh, it certainly delivered on the field and and away from the field. They had Ed Sheeran on over the weekend as well, and Snoop Dogg. And I understand you were rapping before coming on here, so you would have fitted right in, Dagger. I would have fitted right in. I wouldn't have fitted around Sonny Bill in that singlet, mate. Look, talk me through this. Is was, was that, was that okay for Sonny to do it? Or does Sonny do what he wants? Well, Sonny just does what he wants. You know that. You know, team, team <laughs> issue. He never he followed Politico when it came to um, the dress. But, I mean, if you look as good as that and you've got pipes like that, I'd be getting them out as well, Dagger. And yeah. that day, well, I think, yeah, Sunday, it was yesterday, wasn't it, that he, um, uh, sorry, on um, Sunday that he got them out, and it was about 34 degrees in Melbourne, so you can understand why he, he um, stripped the jacket off and, and sat in the singlet and, and worked on the tan while doing a little bit of commentary. Smart. Yeah, smart. It, was gr- it was very smart. It was a great weekend, mate. Super round in Melbourne was a great watch, but something that wasn't a good watch, probably for yourself, I know you're a real Highlanders man, uh, they took on uh, the Crusaders. They've taken on the that's the final, uh, two final teams from from last year, and they've had fifty odd put on them in both weeks. Look, it's a tough thing to watch. Uh, is there is there any glimmer of hope for yourself, Joey, that that the Hondas can find I, something? Look, I don't I don't think this weekend they're just taking on the Chiefs, um, and they're obviously um, white hot at the moment as well. The Chiefs. So, oh look, look yeah, the Landers. It's been a real tough watch, uh, the first two rounds for them. They've had 112 points scored against them. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm not sure where to from here. But like like I said, it doesn't get any easier against a, a Chiefs side that look to be um, sort of the team to beat this year alongside a couple of others. But, you know, the frustrating thing is it looks like they're just sort of rolling over and, and um, not putting up a fight, which is the, the disturbing the disturbing side of um, of their losses. Uh, you don't mind them losing, and I think everyone would have expected the first three games were going to be a massive challenge for the for the Highlanders to get up and win. But it's, it's the manner in which they're losing that I think is the hardest thing for, for fans to watch. It, it just looks like that they're... Maybe waving the white flag a little bit early, which is um, yeah, which is disturbing for the coaching staff because yeah, the Chiefs this week in Hamilton, they they're going to be a, a whole other kettle of fish, and they look super impressive the way Damian McKenzie's leading that side. It could be another it could be another fifty pointer um, if they don't sort their sort their stuff out pretty quickly. That is so unaccustomed for for the Highlanders, um, Joey. I know you've been a part of their their outfit, their environment. They've always been the underdogs, but they've always fought right to the very end. So do you feel like this is a a mindset problem for the Landers, or or do you feel like there could potentially be some cavalry that could come in and and potentially help them, or they just got to sort it out themselves? Like, What's the messages from Clark Dermody? Have you you caught up with him? Yeah, I think... think, Clark's a realist, like he's a realist. Like he he knows that um, that side was always going to struggle in the first three rounds of Super Rugby. Um, the Highlanders aren't blessed with thirteen All Blacks. Um, they've got yeah. three or four, I should say, with with Falau Fakatava. But that um, I, I think yeah, the cavalry coming back in that'll be helpful. <clears throat> uh, or obviously Aaron Smith's um, game control and his. Um, his experience will, will give the team a lot of confidence and his 
um, his competitiveness. But I, I think uh, him alongside Shannon Frizzell, obviously Shannon brings a, a bit of a tough edge, and, and Ethan DeGroote as well. But they're, they're only three players. Like it's not going to make uh, a significant amount amount of difference. I think mentally it'll it'll make more of a difference. So Dago give the other guys a lot of confidence yeah. um, to hopefully stay in the fight. And you're right, Highlanders teams. Uh, well, throughout the history, have never had probably the most talented group in terms of All Blacks on paper. Um, but the one thing that we're, we'd always relied on is that uh, that would never go away. We'll always stand the fight, and that that's what gave the team um, a chance towards you know the pointy end of um, the pointy end of games in that last twenty. It can just go either way. So. I think that's the disturbing thing from the from the coaching staff. They'll be asking a few questions around the willingness and the desire of that team to stay in the fight. So, hopefully, we see a little bit more of that this weekend against um, against the Chiefs. Hey, Joe, it's Louis here, mate. I'm just wondering what your read is from being on the ground, especially in that heat. These rule changes or, or law changes. What subtleties have you noticed in the difference of how Super Rugby is now being played, and especially around set piece with some of the big boppers? really sucking in the big ones as they're being barked at by Ben O'Keefe to bend over and pretty much crouch and get into their position to, to put down a scrum. How's it changing the game from on the ground? I'm, I'm loving it. I, I think it's the, the rule changes have been outstanding. It's, it's a, a lot better spectacle for the fans, and that's what it's all about, really. And I think what we've seen in the past, the, the frustrating thing, from I think from all fans and one part of the game in particular is the scrum resets and I, I love that Ben O'Keefe's telling them to get in, get it done. The one the one tweak <clears throat> I would like to see is um, when they when they do do a free kick and and that they just make them hurry up and, and get that done rather than wasting their time and then flipping it back around again and go back to a scrum. There's been a couple of incidents around that so. I definitely think the the big boys are noticing um, the the ball and play a little bit more, Louis. And some of those bigger sides that traditionally may have played sort of set piece to set piece. I'm, I'm looking at your Crusaders dagger. They're, they're probably thinking, um, you know, I've got a, a lot more awareness around that now, and, and yep. we're not seeing the same amount of resets to to get a. Um, to get a breath because they, they're getting told to hurry up, which is which is only a good thing for the game, I believe. Yeah, totally agree. I knew you'd love that little subtle change because all the subtle jabs you gave me over the years for the Crusaders just kicking to the corners and rolling more teams every single time, scrumming them out of the game. But look, let's talk about after round one, you think Australia, the Aussie teams, they're going to have a difficult task this year. Well, they showed signs of improvement in, in round two. You had the Reds, Reds annihilating the force. You had the Rebels really pushing the Hurricanes right to the 80th minute. And then you had the Brumbies getting up over the Blues, which no one predicted, mate. So you saw a sudden change in the Australian teams and the belief that they've been overshown from, from week one to week two? Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't expect that um, that big a hiding for the for the Reds and the and the. Um... And the force, to be honest, but yeah, the the, the rebels were super impressive. Um, the, the, the writing was on the wall for a hiding in that game, but they they stuck in it. And I think obviously the the Artie Savier yellow card was was telling that that sort of gave them a lot of belief, and um, they grew an arm and a leg. And there was a, there was a magnificent game and a magnificent fight back from the rebels. Um, but yeah, the game of the round, obviously the the Brumbies versus the Blues. Yeah, the Blues. 
they see, I think, played their best footy when they were down to 13 men. Um, they played at the right area of the field. They they showed a lot of control. And then when they were restored to 15, they just, I don't know, it was, it was uh, a strange performance. I, I actually think maybe the conditions did play a bit of a part for them, like the... The heat was extraordinary, and maybe they were just a little bit they were a little bit off. But their discipline was was really poor. Like they gave away eleven penalties in that in that first that first half. And against a team like the Brumbies, who are, are very set piece orientated, um, they love to go from that, you know two contrasting styles. You've got a team that wants to create unstructure in the Blues and to to give all their talented. Um, fast and strong backs as many opportunities with ball in hand as possible whereas the um, the Brumbies they obviously want to <clears throat> create penalties go to their line out uh, their line out more which is just so devastating and they did that to perfection and and frustrated the Blues into a lot of errors and, and forcing the game but yeah like I, I was thinking it was going to be a real high scoring affair 25-20 at half time for the Brumbies and then it stayed at 25-20 which was Kind of crazy, but um, yeah, an awesome game. Beautiful. Well, we've just had a message come through, uh, uh, and we've had two messages. Liam Squire, is he is he around? <laughs> is he sniffing around? Is he making a wee comeback? What's going on there? Can you just set us in some direction? Rumor <laughs> Mill has it. It's a great part of our show. Uh, Rumor Mill that Liam Squire is making a comeback. Yeah, someone's asked, "Where's Liam Squire?" I would love to see nothing more. I would love to see nothing more than <laughs> Liam Squire making comeback. Uh, I think, yeah, so, you know, for the for the Highlanders, if, if they could get a Liam Squire back on the field, I, you know, without Marino McKayley too, um, and, and without Shannon Frizzell, that that loose forward trio looks pretty bare for the for the um, for the Highlanders. With in terms of that real hard nosed ball carrying. Um, ball-carrying runner through the middle of the field that can offload, but can also um, sit someone on their ass if they if they run it straight into them and put a little bit of fear up opposition opposition teams' dagger. So, yeah, get Liam Squire back in there. It'd be great. What about a, what about a Cam Miller? Little Cam Miller. He seen oh, look, my, of my theory, my theory, uh, if I was... Um, in Clark Dermody's shoes, I, I would just throw a lot of those young guys uh, in the mix and just and just be yep. like, right, well, totally we're going to start rebuilding. We're going to start rebuilding now um, and build a team, hopefully to um, compete for the championship in, in, in three years' time. And um, if Cam Miller's that guy, then then get him out there. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if um, starting Pretty Burns, which they did in the weekend, obviously is is the right is the right call. Um, here's a guy that's, you know, the likelihood is he's well, he is only going to be with the Highlanders for one season, and then he's going to go to yeah. um, to Japan. Totally agree. Uh, I don't th- I don't think playing him for a season is going to have any benefit other than you know he might m- might lead them all right for a couple of games, but it isn't giving Cam Miller or these young guys some opportunities to develop and, and understand what it takes at this level to hopefully grow them enough that you're competitive in the next few years. So there's obviously a balancing act there, mate, like Cam Miller's a young man and, and to throw him to the cauldron of Super Rugby as well, um, you know, it could it could knock his confidence, especially with the, the side not going well. But, but as long as you frame it that it doesn't matter, we're probably going to lose more than we win. Um, you, we just want to develop you and, and get you out in the cauldron and and so that you get the confidence to lead this team into the future. I'd love to see that, mate. 
I'd love to see him out there, mate. Like, you're going to learn. You're going to get experience. You're going to learn the hard way. You're going to learn the good way. So just get him out there, mate. Build for the future. I think that's what uh, the Hollanders need to do at this moment. Look, you're, you're super south on SCNZ tonight. You're hosting it. What do you got coming up tonight? Oh, yeah, good question, mate. We'll be diving into <laughs> how the Highlanders got, Highlanders got 50 points put up them again. I can't wait to go over that. You know, 60 <laughs> points this week, 50 points the week before. We had Dave we had Dave Dillon on, the defence coach for the Highlanders, and, and even he was scratching around for answers when I was asking him, how do you fix the defence? So, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, tackle, 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 they digger. <laughs> Mate, bring back the JV Joseph, down and ups, tackle, tackle, tackle. Is that what you're about? Mate, talk us through that, surely. Down and ups. Oh, mate, they can't do any worse. Hey, they can't do any worse. <laughs> Gee, worse. Oh, they can only beautiful, Joey. Hey, great to hear your um, dusty voice this morning, mate. You go back, you recover, and uh, we'll get back on. Thanks so much for joining us. And listen to Joey tonight, 7 p.m. on SENZ with Super South. Thanks so much, Joey. Good on you guys. Yeah, just when you're in Aussie, just make sure you're not too many Carlton drafts. That's the key to keeping the, you know, <laughs> big, 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 a little bit rusty. Oh, man, it looked like a hell of a time. I miss you, my mate. Take care. Thanks very much. Good on you. Oh man, I got to say, Izzy, I am an absolute sucker for an ice cold schooner draft. Carlton draft out of those big tanks in Victoria, sucking on a couple of schoonies of those at the uh, transport bar down there in uh, Federation Square, walking down to the MCG to go watch a game of forty. Gee whiz, it's a good, it's a great spot, isn't it, Melbourne? Oh, it's a beautiful spot. Oh, I was very, very jealous, actually. I was thinking about my days of working for Sky Sports, seeing him over there. He wasn't working, mate. He was going surfing, doing all these little <laughs> interviews and things like that. I was like, Joey, that is not work. But that's only what Joey can do. Great to hear from him. And he's on a show tonight, uh, Super South on SNZ at 7 o'clock. We've got Paulie Muati coming up. A couple of messages here in regards to golf. And my good friend, Troy. Good to hear from you, lads. We'll love some new golf shoes. Warm mine out at my first experience being caddy at the New Zealand Golf Open. What an amazing event. Got to meet the one and only Izzy Dag too. Jersey, Troy. Ah, oh, that was a beautiful big old Saturday night, wasn't it? Make sure you don't call <laughs> up and tell any rumours, mate. Rumour mill will be circling. <laughs> oh, and another one here. Morning team. Can I nominate my son, Matt? Well, the Adidas golf shoes, please. He turned 12 on Saturday. 34 handicap plays Twilight tonight and at least once a week. And as a member of Tenutu in South Taranaki, he's growing like a mushroom and his golf shoes now is too tight. Hoping Adidas shoes come in kid size. I'm pretty sure they do, Paul, from Harawera. So there you go. You've gone in the draw. How do, are we picking the winner at the end of the show, eh? Yeah, 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 we've got a full week and we've got a couple more weeks. So we're going to be able to, to really uh, go far and wide well, with these luck. shoes. So it's been some great messages keep... coming through. <laughs> yeah, we have to give the old um, random name generator a real good kicking <laughs> and make sure it comes up with something decent today. Um, so we'll, we'll go sort that out. And yep. i tell you what, hey, Izzy, you missed Paul Moati's birthday yesterday, by the way. So just oh, have that lo- locked away. Okay, we'll make sure we uh, wish him a happy birthday for yesterday. Paulie Moati coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back. Got Tilly Dag on my lap. You want to say hi, Louis? Hi, Louis. 
Yeah. Hey, oh, it's good to and see you, say, you, buddy. You say happy birthday, Paul. There you go. It's time to catch up with Paulie Moati. <laughs> Bent Lava, the favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie Moati, happy birthday for yesterday, brother. Yes, thanks, Izzy. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> that was a good day, mate. You have a cracking day. What did you get up to? Um, I went to a funeral uh, and oh. then we had a few beers afterwards, so... No, it was a it was a good day. It was a great service. So, um, no, it, it was yeah. I I did enjoy it. Ah, oh, nice mate. Well, sorry you had to go for, to a funeral. And I hope it was a good send off for your friend or whoever it was, mate. Uh, sending love and, and thoughts with you. Uh, but mate, we're gonna be, uh, have a little run around the TAB. What have you got for us? Is there plenty going on? Oh, there's plenty going on. Of course, we got. Uh, UEFA Champions League uh, on tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, Chelsea's been very well backed against Dortmund. They're $1.83 uh, to win that match. I can tell you on the on Thursday, uh, Bayern Munich have also seen a wee bit of cash flow their way. They're $1.72 to beat PSG. And Spurs, uh, they're $1.83 favourite up against AC Milan. Um, and they've also taken uh, a bit of cash. So the, the three favourites that Chelsea, Bayern... Uh, Munich and Spurs have all seen a bit of money, but I'm looking at the NRL at the moment, and the faithful are back. Um, <laughs> even though the Warriors are $4 outsiders head-to-head against a wounded Roosters team, the faithful are backing them. They're backing the Wars. They're taking the Wars $4. <laughs> they're taking them plus 12 and a half. It's, it looks like things are good. looks like Andrew Webster. He's got the team clicking early on in the season. I know... It was only the Knights that they beat uh, here in Wellington, but they take the win, they move on, and the punters are following them. So mm. money on the Warriors and also money on the Dolphins who have come in from 290 yesterday now into 265. Uh, and why wouldn't you? They play. They looked the best team on the park against the Roosters last weekend. Um, and with Wayne Bennett at the helm, they've got a... Very, very good uh, forward pack with the Bromwich brothers, uh, Kafusi, uh, Marshall King, and, and they've got a solid-looking back line. And defensively, they look very, very tough. So I can understand why punters have jumped on the Dolphins. Bookie's still not showing them much respect. They're still out there at 265. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs, and we're taking money there as well. So the Dolphins, who knocked a lot of multis out on Sunday, um, and now punters, the, the punters' friends, they're getting on the Dolphins, and why not? Go, Redcliffe. <laughs> big, big, Red, big Redcliffe fan. I'm usually more of a Godolphin fan myself, personally, but um, we might have to look at these Dolphins, Paul. <laughs> oh, I like what you did there, Louie. <laughs> oh. What about this? There's a, there's a race in Topol, race five. There's a horse, uh, number 11 in race five, if I get paid. Any gravy on that one? Oh, come on, boys. Uh, don't don't put pressure on her. Don't, don't put pressure on her. Uh, come on, we don't need I'm that. Also, I'm glad you let me know, Izzy, because the bookies haven't opened the book on no, it yet. No, so no, no. I'll let, no, I'll let yeah, them know. Yeah, yeah, race five. Don't look at, don't look at the fact she's double-nommed and she's actually racing, running in race six. Um, mate, she's, she's out of form. She needs the run. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Trial winner. 
<laughs> don't, you, oh. no, don't you dare, Paulie. Do not you. I already know because they run the BGP colours. You already skim a couple of points off them. Don't think we don't know your tricks. <laughs> oh, is he the friend of the TAB? Love you, brother. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry, Louie. You aren't on for two races, so he doesn't even know. He wouldn't even know what day it is this week. There he is, Paulie Moati, <laughs> Bet Live on the TAB today. Watching Bet Live and your favourite sports at racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. There he is, Paulie Moati. Coming up, we've got some headlines with Joey. But before then, here's Aroha of the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Welcome back. We're 27 away from nine. Smithy coming up. It's time for some headlines from Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Joey B. Yes, boys. It's wall-to-wall football for these headlines, actually. The Sydney Morning Herald reports that FIFA are considering ways to reshape their agreement with Visit Saudi around the group's sponsorship of the Women's World Cup. Football Australia have recently re-emphasised their disapproval of the deal, while New Zealand football are looking for clarification around what the deal exactly involves. And uh, Paris Saint-Germain striker Neymar is set to miss the rest of the season as he needs surgery on his ankle. He was carried off uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he will not be returned to the pitch. And a pitch invader, boys, this is uh, going on what you guys were talking around 6.30 earlier this morning. A pitch invader who collided with the Liverpool players celebrating their seventh goal against Manchester United and nearly injured Andy Robinson has been arrested by Merseyside Police and will be banned from Anfield for life. So clearly they didn't find it humorous. There you go. There's your sports headlines. Gal, through your mission, pop into your local for some good fuel, value fuel. Visit gal.co.nz. Oh, that's the risk. Thanks, Joey. That is the risk, isn't it? Those are risks you run, like pivotal moments in a game you can disrupt and potentially ruin your team who you're supporting's moment of glory so yeah i reckon second guess it if you're thinking about running onto that field a couple of messages coming through on the temper bedpost text machine this is a very poignant point from brad joe weller went to melbourne and didn't indulge in a fine didn't indulge in a fine vb wow shocking brad well he's a southern man and he's ambassador for spades I'm pretty sure if we send them send them that little clip of him talking about it, there might be a little bit of a repercussion there. <laughs> I've actually said for a while that they should sell uh, Carlton Draft in New Zealand. I reckon it'd go all right. They sell VB here, and it's all my granddad drinks. Um, there was it was when when Winks ran in her fourth Cox Plate, we went over. They made commemorative Carlton Draft Winks cans, fully blue, and I managed to bring one back into the country. And I, it's sitting on the mantle, and I'll never open it. So there you go. Oh, there's some good drops around uh, the country. I was just sipping away on a couple of says last week. But anyway, let's not talk about it. Let's keep talking about uh, golf shoes. Keen for my brother to get some shoes. He's a cop and had to work in the slips in Murawai and saw some stuff that normal peeps maybe shouldn't have and his golf needs it. That is from Brett from Huntley. That is a great nomination, Brett. Appreciate that. We want to give them away to people that thoroughly deserve it, doing some good things out there in the community. Appreciate it. And another one from Rusty. A brand-new size 10.5 Adidas golf shoes would be amazing. Sick of getting wet socks. Love the morning show and banter. Will the Crusaders poach any Chiefs next year? <laughs> Many thanks, Rusty. Better question, Rusty. Dig. Better question is, uh, will the Chiefs poach any 
Canterbury Products, Brody Retallick, Anton Leonard Brown, Damien McKenzie went to school here. I mean, like, case closed. <laughs> <laughs> any any Crusaders playing up there? Can't think of any. None. None spring no. to mind. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Let, don't get me started on that little no situation. It's too early. It's too early in the week. And just one from Charlie. Yeah, he reminds me. Yeah, Izzy, can I ask your granddad if your granddad was the one, Pat Dagg, who was based in Dunedin as a survey cadet in the 1950s? I started in the LNS department in 1963, not long after Pat had gone back to Hawke's Bay. He was well spoken of, of in Dunedin. I think he played rugby for Pirates. Did a lot of work in the Centro Otago Mountains, as I did and loved it. He signed his field notes pages as AC Pat Dag. Cheers, Charlie. Yes, that is my granddad. The one and only Pat, Gra- uh, Pat awesome. Dag. He was a surveyor. Yeah. Awesome, Charlie. Thanks for bringing it up. Pat, granddad passed away uh, in 2016, uh, a few years back. Uh, but his wife, Eileen, grandma, she's still kicking at 92 years of age. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I miss my granddad every day, and Dad will be listening. He'll be loving that. I'll give him a call after this and see if he remembers you, Charlie. Yeah, we come from Ramfurly, which is in the Otago area. That's where all the Dags come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're Southerners through and through, Ramfurly area. My granddad grew up with Ben Smith's granddad in Naseby. Mm. And the the winter sports hub of New Zealand. Yep. Did did they do any tobogganing or skeletoning? (laughs) Curling? Uh, curling. Yeah, they did a lot of curling. Yeah, my granddad actually showed me a photo of... Oh, no, Ben Smith actually sent me a photo of his granddad and my granddad as young kids. I think they were 10 years of age. You're kidding. Nah, nah. Crazy, eh? Hey? <laughs> and then you guys end up being 14-15 and 15-15 for so long for the All Blacks. That is... That is yeah. I've never heard that before, is he? That is very, very cool. Yeah, it's a cool cool story and, and got a lot of time for Ben Smith. But, yeah, I always get people come up to me and they're like, hey, do you know this dag? And I say, well, where are they from? If they're from Ramfurly, Naseby area, well, there you go. They'll be a part of it for sure. So um, they'll definitely be a relative. So, yeah, there you go. Ben Smith and my granddad, Pat Dag, they grew up in Naseby and spent a lot of time together. So there you go. Thanks for that message, Charlie. Bring it all back. The, the memories are flooding back. Rest in peace, Granddad. Coming up, we're going to talk to Monica Spencer. We're going to talk some equestrian, and there's plenty of messages coming through as well because the text machine is flying. SBW, Crusaders to Chiefs. There you go, Jamie. There you go. Fair. <laughs> that is, it's only one-way traffic. If, if you don't mind me asking, then don't mind me saying. It's only one-way traffic at the moment. They're all stirring me up. Thank you for a little bit of backup, Jamie Wall. We'll shoot off. We'll be back soon. Quarter to nine this morning, and let's do a bit of an equestrian update with one of our uh, rising stars, or oh, stars, let's just call her a star of the equestrian and eventing scene. Uh, Fiberfresh, they sponsor a lot of our racing coverage here on SCNZ. They create natural products with unrivaled levels of nutrients and energy, but of course they are all things equine, including equestrian. And last year, our team, the New Zealand team, broke a, a long duck and got a medal at the World Champs in Italy. It was long craved and very well deserved for their achievements. They were actually nominated for Team of the Year at the Hellbergs last month. So that's how big of a deal it was. Olympics next year in Paris. World-class eventer Monica Spencer joins us on the line this morning to talk about a busy year ahead for herself and the whole team. How are you doing, Monica? Hi. Yeah, good. 
great to have you on the program. Now, we were going to catch up after the uh, Hellbergs, but, gee, everything's kind of been in disarray over the last month or so. Um, It would have been a a good night, I'm I'm sure, and you would have been so proud to even have been nominated with some of those teams. You must have been pinching yourself looking around. Oh, gosh, it was a real honour to just even to be there and amongst all those talented athletes. And, yeah, I was definitely pinching myself throughout the night. I've got a current situation, Monica. It's Izzy here. I've got my young daughter here. She's in her um, eventing outfit, so I've got to take her to a wee lesson <laughs> at 10 o'clock, horse ride. She's only four years of age. Any advice to maybe steer her away from the sport? <laughs> I think it might be too late. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. She's got the bag. Uh, she's got it. Yeah. Yeah, she's got the bug. No, I'm excited. Her mum uh, was a horse rider, and she's very, very keen on it. So it's all good. We've got to get these young kids involved because you never know that she might turn into the next Monica Spencer. Just how big of a deal is it that we have number one and two ranked eventers in the world and Tim and Janelle Price? Have they been giving you a bit of words of advice and wisdom? It's a huge deal, yes. It's pretty amazing. Those two are you know, a real um, real idols to the rest of us and how cool mm. is it husband and wife team? I think it's first time ever one and two in the world, husband and wife team. And um yeah, just shows the talent of that family. What what was the world champs like as an experience? Was it overwhelming? Was it adrenaline rushing? Was it you know, did you feel at home? How just talk us through it. Gosh, um I think it's more um, it's more overwhelming afterwards because at the time you're just so focused on, well, I was so focused on, you know, trying to do my best performance and, you know, focusing on every little part, you know, starting with a straight centre line, just break it down and just try to focus on the small things and, um, and then hopefully they add up to, you know, a successful performance. But, yeah, so at the time that's probably one thing that, um, you know, I suppose I don't regret, but I find a shame that at the time while I was there, I probably didn't realise the enormity of the whole thing. But now looking back, I'm like, wow, I did that. That was pretty amazing. No, it's awesome to be able to reflect. And that's what you do. You get in your downtime, you can reflect, reflect on what you've done in the past. But we know with eventing, there's a lot of travel involved. Are you still living and training predominantly in New Zealand or have you been spending more time in the Northern Hemisphere to train alongside your Kiwi teammates? No, so I flew straight back after Worlds and um, my horse had to do five weeks quarantine over there. Oh. Um, and... So I um, I came straight back and got, because I've got a team of horses back here that I'm trying to produce up to that level as well. So um came back back home to, um, you know, my husband and, and my little son. We've got uh, 35 acres in Taupo. So um, nice. just, yeah, just based in Taupo still and hoping to do a few more trips overseas in the near future. That's very, very cool. Talk to me about your uh, quiver or your... Your firepower. Who's who's your main horse, and what do you have up and coming? Because we know that it's so important and it's so hard to compete, mm. especially when we talk about the Olympics. If you don't have that backing, so what do you have at your disposal at the moment, Monica? Gosh, um, so I've got Artis, the horse I took to Worlds, 
and he's he's only still 11, so I think he's got more more room to improve and plenty more years to give, hopefully, if soundness is on our side. Um, and I've got a couple of, um, or a few horses just sort of coming up the levels below him and then a handful of young ones below that. But yeah, like you say, the struggle is always, um, for us, is horsepower and financing all that horsepower, pretty much. So you just talk to me about the financing and, and you know, because you can't go to an event with a, you know, like with an underpowered car, as they say, and, and try and win an event. So how do you get through this with with uh, sponsors and, and financing? Because we know it is a very expensive sport. It is expensive, and um, I guess there's the long version and the short version, and I've... Um, had to go for the long version due to finances and things. So I've produced all my own horses from young horses. And, um, and yeah, so I just look for talented young horses. And then uh, and it takes probably five years to get a horse to that level. So um, it's, it's definitely the long game. Um, and then, you know, there's there's always the hope that, um, an owner will come along and say, oh, I'll buy you a horse that's already made and that's obviously the fast track and I haven't been privy to that yet, but, uh, you know, dreams, dreams. You're available. Monica Spencer is available, available, guys. <laughs> um, if anybody is listening and wants to trade in their super yacht for an Olympic quality horse, um, get in touch with us so we can put you in touch, Monica. Hey, cool. congratulations. Like, you're so right. Thank Looking you. back on, on that World Champs, it's just it was epic at the time, and it's probably just going to become... Well, hopefully, actually, you guys win more medals, and then it's just kind of the norm for the next wee while, and you can be run the thick of it. But it was a really big deal. So all the best for a massive year ahead, and, um, yeah, nice stuff. And it's not lost on us as well that you're a new mum and you're out there competing on the world stage. So it's really, really cool. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's definitely cool to be part of the new wave and hopefully that has broken the middle drought and there is more to come from us absolutely monica spencer there you go star of the eventing equestrian scene uh heading to the olympics Thanks, monica. With the new zealand team next year fiber fresh and they do such a good job looking after our equine friends with uh, natural products which unrival- with unrivaled levels of nutrients and energy izzy a couple of very quick texts before we shoot off and get to uh Smithy, don't you dare claim DMAC Louie. He started in Southland, Menzies College. So technically, he's another one, the Southland slip. Unfortunate. Brad, I know, Brad. I know the McKenzies, and they're very proud of themselves, and they are Southlanders through and through. Don't worry, I know. <laughs> and another one, just quickly, on the potatoes. Speaking of memories, do you remember the roast potatoes from Lindisfarne College, mate? That was from Chris. I do. Those were so good. Roast Fridays, oh, with a bit of gravy on top. Oh, you couldn't beat them. Chris, what's your last name? Can you send me a message? Oh, I want to, and what year did you go? We obviously went to school together. I want to know who Any you Any rumours, Chris? <laughs> no, don't, mate. He's got plenty of me. I was always. Detention, stag. And when you got a detention, Marmite sandwiches. Oh, I actually enjoyed Marmite sandwiches, so I didn't really find that a problem on a detention day. Well, I was always on detention. But anyway, don't follow Dad. Coming up, Smithy. You'll have plenty of rumours about me. Welcome back and congratulations to Paul and Harawera. You got some shoes. Harawera, come eat, sorry. Is, uh, you got some ZG23 Adidas golf shoes coming your way for your son. 
So uh, the boys will get in touch and get your address and get your sizes and we'll get you sorted out, mate. So thank you very much. And cheers to everyone that came through and texted through to try and win themselves a pair. We'll be back later on this week to give you another pair, we'll give you a chance to win another pair. We're going to catch up with Smithy in the Hawks Bay. How you doing, Smithy? Yeah, and Izzy, I hear there's a rumour that uh, with the next pair of golf shoes you're giving away, you're giving your clubs as well. Obviously, you don't uh, use them very well. I mean, how hard, how hard is it? How hard is it to make the cut down there? The local physio uh. made it. Andrew Scott, our local physio, made it. I mean, he it is hard when twice you've... a week compared to you. What is, it's you hard when you're up against year? burglars. It's hard when you're up against burglars, mate. 38 under off an 18 handicap. Mm-hmm. You go around and par everything. Talk to me. Show some honesty, you absolutely burglars. No surprises, Pud. <laughs> you're a burglar. You're from Hawks Bay. At least you're over it, is he? At least you're over it. That's good. I'm done. I've had enough, <laughs> Smithy. You have a good show, mate. I'll go back and reflect <laughs> on what could have been. <laughs>